to see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. I can see the demon in you doesn't want to come out and play. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Everybody say, fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Welcome back to the Fuck This Shit Podcast. It's your boy Dre back again. Y'all already know what it is. We start the podcast the same way each and every week. Thank y'all for taking the time out to listen to this motherfucker. I appreciate that shit more than you will ever know. Uh, You know, regular stuff, man. It's the link in the show description. You can hit that thing. It'll take you to all the stuff. You know what I'm saying? All the social media stuff. Uh. <clears throat> You can call the phone number. That's also in the show description. And you can leave a voicemail to the show. Sorry, y'all. I uh, lost my mind for a second there. Um, or you could just do some free shit, like leave a review on an Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to this or tell somebody about the podcast because you love it so much or any other things, you know. Uh, they're all greatly appreciated. As y'all may have noticed, Two episodes this week. Yeah, I, I doubled down on y'all. Um, see, this this new streamlined process that I got for putting the episodes together make it a little bit easier for me to get my, my thoughts in order so I can kind of put the episodes together a little faster. So I can't make no promises just yet because, you know, I still be working for Massa. I've got, I've got a real job where I've got to go in and works hard. I works hard. So, you know, this week I had time for two. Hopefully, I'll be able to do this a little more frequently. But uh, if you want to make that more uh, more of a possibility, you can become a subscriber for the $5. You know, you get your episodes early. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you get to be, you know, one of the people who could possibly free me from the chains of uh, employment. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, y'all, I'm not going to lie. I don't really got too much uh, to really jump it off with because I just talked to y'all yesterday. You know, uh, nothing too crazy went down. Um, took Blaze to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? I got to go. I got I, I got I got an appointment set up for myself. I did something in my hand. I, I thought it was like a. You know, like my, my left hand started hurting and I thought that um maybe I hit it on something. You know, maybe it was just maybe strained it working and just didn't notice. But uh that shit ain't going away. That was like a month ago when I first noticed it and it's just been hurting more and more and more. So now your boy's gotta gotta go to the doctor. That's one of them things I'm trying to Trying to treat my health the way that I would treat my kids' health. You know what I'm saying? If one of my kids has something like this going on, I'd be like, dog, we got insurance. Just take your ass to the doctor. So, you know, I guess I'll do the same thing for myself. Um. Anyway, you know, hey, we ain't got to waste too much time with these pleasantries, y'all. We can get right into the show. Yeah. 
we don't got too much today, but we're going to definitely start off with a little bit of grown people news. You know what I'm saying? You know, we all grown ups now, so we got to have that grown up news. Um, This shit happened right after I finished recording the podcast yesterday. Uh, Your man's got indicted. Um, Donald Trump was indicted on seven counts in the classified documents probe. Um, former President Donald Trump has been indicted on seven counts in the special counsel's classified documents probe, a stunning development that marks the first time a former president has faced federal charges. Trump is facing a charge under the Espionage Act, his attorney Jim Trustee said on CNN Thursday, as well as charges of obstruction of justice, destruction or falsification of records and conspiracy to uh, conspiracy and false statements. The special counsel has been investigating Trump's handling of classified documents that were brought to his Mar-a-Lago, Florida resort after he left the White House in 2021, as well as possible obstruction of the investigation and government efforts to retrieve the material. The former president wrote on True Social that he had been informed by the Justice Department that he was indicted and that he was summoned to appear at federal courthouse Miami Tuesday on Tuesday at 3 p.m. The corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys that I have been indicted seemingly over the boxes hoax, Trump wrote. Trusty told CNN's Caitlin Collins that Trump's attorneys received a summons via email from the Justice Department listing the charges, but haven't seen the indictment yet. He called the Espionage Act ludicrous. Uh, in a sign of how tightly held the special counsel kept the word of the indictment, the U.S. Secret Service, the U.S. Marshals did not get an advance notice and were surprised by Trump's announcement on social media. Law enforcement officials said on Tuesday. Um, yeah, this is uh, like seven months after uh, they appointed the special counsel and all of this stuff or whatever. So... If y'all remember, when the whole shit with the Trump documents first came out, one of the things that they were saying was, basically, we asked him about these documents, and he was like, I don't got them. And we was like, we know you got them, dog. Just bring them back. You know? And he was like, no, I don't. And they was like, Yo, they hit his lawyers up like, hey, we've been hitting your mans about these little documents. We just need them to bring them back. And it's really not that big a deal, but, you know, we need them. And they like, all right, we'll hit him up. And the lawyers hit Trump. And he like, tell him I ain't got them. So then finally they come raid his house. Now, when they raided Trump's residence from the beginning, I already knew that Trump being indicted was going to be like this really weird thing where like the way Trump moves, first of all, he's absolutely the type of motherfucker who would use his position to directly attack people who oppose him. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Like Trump is always gonna, Trump is always gonna say, that's what it is. Because if it was him, that's what it would have been. You see what I'm saying? Like weaponizing the Department of Justice against your political enemies is some Trump shit. That's not really some shit that you see happening too overwhelmingly often. Um, so I already knew that would be the narrative, especially from from the right. And I'm gonna be real with y'all. 
I cleansed my social media feed of that fuck shit a long time ago. I really only see what famous people say now. Like, and that's because of this podcast. Like, actually looking up these stories and stuff. What regular motherfuckers be saying who be saying some goofy ass, weird, Trump adjacent shit. That shit don't even touch my timeline. Facebook, no, I don't want to see that shit. TikTok, no, I don't want to see that shit. IG, no, I don't want to see that shit. Twitter ain't got nothing but titties for real. So, you know, this ain't really this ain't really my my problem. But I already knew that that was going to be kind of the reaction. You know, this is a hoax. This is a setup. All of that weird ass shit, right? But the reality is this is just accountability. And the funniest thing to me about it is this, right? It's the same people who cape for law and order, law and order. Uh, no, we got to respect our laws. They're the same people who, when a black man gets killed by a police officer, they're like, well, if he would have just listened because you're supposed to listen to law enforcement and blah, 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 blah. It's always how if you just follow the rules then you don't have to worry about these problems until it's they guy who don't follow rules. You see what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, I don't know the depth of this, uh, the, uh, the documents that they found Trump with. I don't know exactly what those documents was about or if the content of the classified documents is what is uh, kind of adding to the severity of this charge, right? But what I do know is that they asked him to just give them back and it would have been fine. And if they didn't think he knew he had them, it would have been fine because they're going to talk about how, oh, Biden had uh, classified documents too. Biden had, but so did Mike Pence. And they already dropped Mike Pence. They didn't, they just concluded the investigation. They're like, oh yeah, he did have those. We went to his house, we found him, and we left. Because in those instances, one investigation triggered other investigations. You see what I'm saying? So when they realize that trump's got all these classified documents then they start looking at past administrations and the current administration to see who else has these fucking documents right now right but when they called joe biden and mike pence and was like we think you might have some classified documents they was like well come see you know what i'm saying i think the biden team they told them some and they just gave them back and then they were like we think you got some more and they was like well we don't know where they at but you more than welcome to come find the motherfuckers type shit because they not trying to hide something they not trying to come back trump was on some whole other shit trump is like fuck that i don't got it i ain't do it so yeah bro you gonna get indicted now as far as how this plays politically i I'm on record saying that I want the Democrats versus Trump. I don't want to see DeSantis uh, win the primary because I feel like there's more people who, if Trump wasn't an option, would still come vote for DeSantis. I don't think that there's a, I think that there's a lot of, DeSantis vote. I think there's a lot of Republicans, period, who are just tired of Trump. They tired of the the circus. That's just, they're just not interested in that brand of politics anymore. So I don't think Trump will ever be able to win those people back. And also, an indictment is not going to hurt Trump with those people. 
So that's why I'm like, the indictment thing is kind of weird to me. It's just, at this point, one thing I have not heard a single person say is if Donald Trump is indicted, it would change the fact that I was already going to vote for him. The people who give a fuck about Donald Trump getting indicted for this stuff were never going to vote for Donald Trump. And the people who were, were already dead set that this is a witch hunt. They already think, you got to think, you're talking about a population who thinks the election is stolen. January 6th was a peaceful protest. You see what I'm saying? So whenever Trump starts getting charged with all this stuff, of course it's a, of course it's politically motivated. Of course it's a witch hunt. Of course it's all a hoax. Of course these people are already going to think that they're going to continue to ride with Trump anyway. So I just don't think that politically this is going to do anything uh, to hurt Trump anyway. Uh, and if it does, for whatever reason, which I just I just don't see it. If it does, it's just going to put us in a worse position, in my opinion, because the last thing I want is a nigga like DeSantis, bro. DeSantis has got this uncanny ability to actually get the fuck shit done, right? Most of these Republican candidates, they campaign on all this culture war shit just like everyone else, and they talk about how they're going to get rid of the woke mob and how we need to protect the children and all that bullshit. They say all the same stuff DeSantis says, but none of them have been able to get their state to basically be a puritanical fucking uh, haven where nothing nothing diversity, nothing LGBTQ, nothing that tells the truth about America's past, nothing that acknowledges anything of real substance is even allowed. Like, so I don't want that motherfucker for president, bro. Because whereas Trump was really unable to get a lot of his worst ideas done because he was so unaware of how things actually work politically, DeSantis clearly knows how to pull those levers and work those mechanisms to actually get things through. I could see a DeSantis presidency being traumatic to America because I don't think DeSantis would fuck up the money the way Trump did. I think DeSantis would find a way to keep the money looking right because that's what he's done in Florida, but keep the cultural shit the way they want it. Like the literal formula of white supremacy. As long as the econ uh, the economy looks right, the economics work out right, they're not going to trip over this other stuff because the majority of the people who participate in this process feel like they're going to benefit from it. All these white people don't mind no more diversity, equity, and inclusion. They don't mind all this other bullshit. They don't mind basically living in a Christian conservative America. So, you know, be careful. <laughs> um, that's all I got on that, man. Uh, we'll see what happens with Trump indictment. You know, we'll get tons of fucking news on that over the over the weeks. But y'all know I don't. I don't really give a fuck. Uh, in other news, y'all y'all called y'all grannies. I hope you called y'all grannies and seen how they doing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, make sure if you, if you grew up watching TBN, uh, Seven Hundred Club. You know what I'm saying? Today is a sad day. Pat Robertson, conservative Christian evangelist, dead at 93. Now me, 
before I even get through this, I'm not glad he did. You know what I'm saying? But it's kind of like, uh, oh, well. <laughs> anyway, American Christian conservative Pat Robertson died at age 93 in his Virginia home, the Christian Broadcasting Network said on a statement on Thursday. Uh, Robertson founded the network in 1960 and used the flagship program, the 700 Club, for prayer offerings and political commentary. In 1980, the show helped to galvanize support among Christian conservatives for Ronald Reagan's successful presidential campaign. Nicknamed Pat by his older brother, he was born Marion Gordon Robertson in Lexington, Virginia in 1930. I feel like in honor of Pat Robertson, we should play a reel of some of Pat Robertson's greatest moments some of his heat so some, some of y'all probably like man why we even give a fuck about this white man and i bet this is one of the moments where we gonna let let twitter do its thing i'm gonna just type in pat robertson i'm gonna put the give y'all the screen Ooh. Ooh. all right let's see let's see Uh, this is funny. A lot of these is just people being super excited about Pat Robertson being dead. That's crazy. The 700 Club is sad. All right, hold on. Let's see. <laughs> There's never been a. <laughs> I literally, y'all, what I'm about to play, y'all, I just know it's Pat Robertson talking. I don't even know what he's about to say. There's never been a civilization ever in history that has embraced homosexuality and uh, uh, has survived. And the Bible says, if any man will not work, let him not eat. Now, that didn't say, if any man will not work, let him go to the soup kitchen and let the government pick up the tab. Something happened a long time ago in Haiti. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you'll get us free from the French. The people of color have to rise up and overtake their oppressors. And then, having gotten the whip handle, if I can use that term, then to instruct their white neighbors how to behave. Now, that's critical race theory. What is this mac and cheese? Is that a black thing? It is a black thing, Pat. Well, you could become a Muslim and you could beat her. <laughs> but in lieu of that. <laughs> you don't want to go to Saudi Arabia? No, no. I'm talking about the cheating. He cheated on you. Well, he's a man. Okay. There are a bunch of people who are just bums. And if these people are out drugging themselves, well, I'm starving to death. You've got a couple of uh, same-sex guys kissing. You like that. Well, that makes me want to throw up. America, if you want to bring the judgment of God on this nation, you just keep this stuff up. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat Robertson. I knew Twitter was going to do it, boy. Twitter come through for you, boy, every motherfucking time. If I got some shit and I'm like, ooh, last minute, I need this. I need a video. Type in a name on Twitter, boy. Twitter gonna do its motherfucking thing. Y'all, the crazy thing about Pat Robertson and people like him is under the guise of Christianity, they promote 
all these things that are so antithetical to their own belief system. It will never make sense to me that someone who's supposed to be a pastor will be out here talking about will be more concerned with the government paying for someone's food than they are with a starving person having access to food. That That's crazy to me. And motherfuckers like Pat Robertson, to me, spearheaded what we have now in this modern Christian conservative, evangelical Christian movement where you have people pushing so hard with the anti-abortion movement, the anti-LGBTQ movements, like all of these different things that genuinely don't fucking affect you. They don't impact you from everything that I've understood from the time that I spent in church. You're supposed to, even if you believe in like evangelical Christianity, you you're supposed to go out and spread God's word to other people, right? And you're supposed to try and get other people to, to bring themselves into to the kingdom of the Lord and all of that good shit, right? But what you absolutely not supposed to be out here doing is feeling as though you are God. Like you are the judge, jury, and executioner for each one of these people. You get to go on and personally tell these people how their personal lifestyle is evil and how these people won't be welcome in the kingdom of God and all this other shit or whatever. That's not your place. That's not your place. At the end of the day, then it just, it baffles me that Christians fail to understand this concept if it was any other religion, you would lose your fucking mind, bro. If it was a bunch of Muslims running around here uh, with motherfucking picket signs standing outside of a motherfucking Catholic school or some shit like that, talking about how they ain't here teaching evil and all of y'all are going to hell and you'll never see the kingdom of Allah and all this other shit like that, you would see major concerns with that, right? And then the, the argument that they'll give you is, well, you know, America was founded a Christian nation. No, the fuck it wasn't. America was founded a nation by Puritans who left seeking a place where they could have religious freedom. So they established a nation where religious freedom was a genuine print. Uh, 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 sorry. A, uh, uh, a general principle of that nation. You understand what I'm saying? It's not the fucking same. So all of that, it's just, it's just crazy. You listen to that motherfucker talk and you just think all oh, those old white folks who've been listening to him talk the whole time, drawing a direct line from being in poor favor with God to poverty. Basically, you know, talking to mac and cheese, is that a black thing? You know what? Well, like just being an overall piece of shit and then getting to feel like you ushering in fucking righteousness for the rest of us man eat dicks and die bro i'm only the only thing i'm mad about pat robertson being dead is the fact that it took 93 years for this shit to happen man fuck that nigga get up out of here with that shit anyway that's it man that's all the grown folks news i got right now all the grown up news so uh we gonna take a short break make this money and then we'll be back with another little sec sec
All right, all right, all right, all right. We did not have time to get to this one last week. You know what I'm saying? The last episode. It's been a while since we did this. So uh, let's do a little everything is racist because everything is racist. <laughs> um, I've been wanting to talk about this story for a minute because... I just think it's funny how they turn on you. It's it's cool that we ended on Pat Robertson because this is a Jason. I feel like uh, Chick Fil A on the chopping block. Sorry, on the chopping block. Conservatives call for a boycott over fast food restaurants' diversity and inclusion policy. Popular fast food franchise Chick Fil A faced backlash from conservative customers after the restaurant's diversity, equity, and inclusion policy went viral online. Conservatives rallied against the restaurant slogan, eat more chicken, and called for a boycott, making Chick-fil-A the next major brand to land on the culture war chopping block. Chick-fil-A joined Bud Light, Nike, and Target on the ever-growing list of companies that conservatives have found issue with. Bud Light, Nike were slammed for Pulvani, a trans woman on sponsored social media posts. One thing. It blows me how these people think what they're doing when they boycott these brands over their support at the LGBTQ community or a DEI policy or something like that. They think that's the same thing as when black people were boycotting restaurants because they wouldn't serve us. And I'm not talking about in the 60s, by the way. I'm talking about like recently. Like, or when these restaurants will have these racist policies and we'll be like, oh, we boycotting these things. Or when one of these companies will come out and support like major anti-LGBTQ legislation or or even we could just use Chick-fil-A the same way. In the way that people don't eat Chick-fil-A because of their anti-LGBTQ stance, these people think that they're doing the same thing by boycotting them over a DEI policy. And that's crazy to me. Like you think, that inclusion is a bad thing you think that that is somehow harming you and i'll never be able to wrap my mind around that i'll never be able to wrap my round or, or my wrap my mind around the fact that you think that it is equal that someone is protesting exclusion to you protesting inclusion what you feel like this company should be more so so you're like y'all aren't discriminatory enough for me is what you mean when you say that you have this issue, in my opinion. I would like you to be able, are you trying to strip your executives of the right to discriminate against potential employees? If they don't want to hire any black people, then damn it, that's their business. That's the, that's the vibes that this gives me. Most recently, Target employees were being harassed by customers who were outraged over the retailer's annual pride collection with celebrated LGBTQ plus communities during the month of June. Despite Chick-fil-A's well-known dedication to its founders' conservative Christian values, loyal consumers took to social media to condemn the fast food joint over a DEI employment policy. Everything good must come to an end, read a tweet from Citizens for Renewing America Executive Chairman Wade Miller. Here, Chick-fil-A is stating that its commitment to systemic racism, sexism, and discrimination, I cannot support such a thing. That I, I, I just, I can't even fathom putting together that statement. 
like saying that out loud. Here, Chick-fil-A is stating its commitment to systemic racism, sexism, and discrimination, and I cannot support such a thing. There's no way that I could support a company that doesn't want to discriminate against its employees. I just don't understand. I don't I don't understand. Especially because I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm gonna read y'all. And by the way, in case you didn't, in case you didn't already assume this, that Chick-fil-A, led by a conservative Christian founder, doesn't have an explicitly hella quote unquote woke DEI policy. The policy reads as follows. One of our core values at Chick-fil-A is that we are better together. When we combine our unique backgrounds and experiences with the culture of belonging, we can discover new ways to strengthen the quality of care we deliver to customers, to the communities we serve, and to the world. That's it. That's all it fucking says. It doesn't say anything about any of the shit that this motherfucker is talking about. It says it doesn't do any of that. It's a very basic understanding of why, as I have stated before, Diversity is not something that companies are doing and somehow they're finding themselves at a detriment as a result of that. That's not what's going on here. Diversity positively impacts the institution that implements those policies almost 100% of the time. Fuck it, 100% of the time. Exactly as their statement says, because when you have people from different backgrounds, you get better ideas. When you have people who don't all come from the same linear, monolithic way of thinking, when they come together to tackle a problem, you're more likely to find the best way to solve that problem because you have more input. Anybody who understands how anything works, if you were told, solve this problem, the very first thing you're going to ask is what information do I need to do that? Like what, what's the background information on this problem? Like you're going to start, you're immediately going to start trying to gather information. And the more information you can gather before you approach this problem, the more likely you will be able to succeed. And that is literally the way diversity works. The more diversity and opinion you have, the more input you have, the better your end product is. Which, to be honest with you, is probably why Chick-fil-A service is so motherfucking fire. Because you know what? Is it atrocious the way that they believe the LGBTQ community should be treated? Yes. Are them chicken nuggets fire each and every time? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And also, when I walk into a Chick-fil-A, it doesn't feel like, oh, they only hire white people here. This is some super culty ass place. It's always all kinds of people in there. Black people, brown people, Hispanics, you know what I'm saying? They be from everywhere in that motherfucker. It's obviously a diverse work environment. Everybody's smiling. They got a high standard of excellence in there. And I'm going to keep going. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm going to keep going. And all these motherfuckers talking about they not going to go no more over the DEI. That shows you where those people really come from. That shows you a motherfucker real heart where you were supporting Chick-fil-A saying, oh, I can handle the fact that they don't uh, they don't support the LGBTQ community because 
that's they do that because of their Christian values, and I have Christian values as well. But then when they then when you hear that they do, they're like, well, yeah. And, and you know what? I will give a small amount of props to Chick-fil-A for that. At least they're consistent. At, at least in this instance, this is an example of one of them conservative Christian entities at least having some amount of consistency even within their own religion. You know what I'm saying? Homosexuality is considered a sin in the Bible from what I understand. I'm not about to sit up here and go through all of this shit with everybody because I don't care. But via the tenets of Christianity, homosexuality isn't isn't considered, you know what I'm saying, right. So for Chick-fil-A to say we don't support that because we're Christian, that's not crazy, right? But the fact that they didn't need to say, and we don't fuck with black people, and we don't fuck with poor people, and we don't do this. Also, Pat Robertson ass shit goes to show you that most of these motherfuckers who do claim to have these beliefs based in some kind of Christianity, they're just fucking racist. That's it. It ain't got shit to do with God, ain't got shit to do with Jesus. It's just some good old-fashioned, regular-ass motherfucking racism. Right, racism. This that good racism. <laughs> racism. Uh, this when asked if he read Chick-fil-A's full statement, Miller bizarrely responded, it's the sanitized version of DEI. To affirm DEI, whether reluctantly or not, is to affirm systemic racism, sexism, and discrimination. Which I don't think he knows what affirm means, bro. Like, it's just crazy. And then obviously, you know, the article goes on to say there's a ton of people who were like, yeah, Chick-fil-A is dead to me. I'll never go back to Chick-fil-A, blah, 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 blah. And that is wild to me that you would give up that delicious chicken over a DEI policy. Um, and maybe that means that I'm not the ally to the LGBTQ community that I think I am because, you know, I'm, I've, I've said Chick-fil-A so many times during this podcast that they probably about to get 14 of my dollars on the way to work today. I ain't even going to lie to you. Uh, Anyway, on to the next. See, everything about everything is racist. You know, one of the beauties of everything is racist is that it's literally everything. Every aspect of this motherfucker. It'd be little things that you were like, oh, there's no way that this has anything to do with racism. But it does. Uh, U.S. DOJ settles probe of illegal dumping in Houston's minority neighborhoods. The U.S. Department of Justice secured a settlement in its environmental justice investigation into the into Houston's response to an illegal dumping in black and Latino neighborhoods. The department and uh, the city of Houston said separately on Tuesday, the agreement builds on a plan to develop improved waste management services for residents across Houston and to address illegal dumping and its negative impacts on the health, safety and quality of life of residents. In March this year, Houston announced its One Clean Houston initiative that focused on a rapid cleanup, better enforcement and prevention, better enforcement and prevention and education. The settlement agreement between the Justice Department and Houston establishes a three-year period of federal monitoring, data reporting obligations, enhanced community outreach with impacted neighborhoods, consideration of additional actions to combat commercial sources of illegal dumping, and a federal civil rights training program for specified city employees. Uh, in July last year, the Justice Department opened an investigation into whether Houston's response to illegal dumping discriminated against Black and Latino communities. 
The investigation was part of a broader effort by the administration of President Joe Biden to prioritize environmental justice in his policymaking. No one should have to live next to discarded tires, bags of trash, rotting carcasses, infected soils, and contaminated groundwater, all caused by illegal dumping. Uh, the U.S. Attorney Alam, uh, Al Alamdar Hamandi. I think that's how you say it. Damn, that was the last word of the article. I could have just, I didn't even have to say it. Anyway. Um, yeah, bro. That's some shit that I feel like black people would tell you what's happening in their community. And that's the type of shit that they act like we making up. When the black folks are like, they don't pick up the trash here like they're supposed to. They dump trash out here that they're not supposed to dump out here. Or we live too close to a waste facility or shit like that. That's the type of shit where they're talking about environmental racism and things like that. And also, that's the kind of shit that I'm also talking about when I try and say that it's not the same. There's no world where Donald Trump creates a task force that looks into the impacts of environmental racism on black and brown communities. There's just not a world where that even exists. And as a black person, I want you to think about if you live in a neighborhood that's that's not great, you know what I'm saying? If your family lives in a neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Like anywhere you know, some people you got that live in like a primarily black neighborhood, black or brown neighborhood, think about the things that those neighborhoods deal with that other neighborhoods don't. In particular, if you've had the luxury of having some kind of social mobility, right? Black or white. Because if you white, and one thing I, I'll say about most white people who have had to experience some level of poverty, most of them see the clear line to the hood, no matter where you at, it'd be, it be a lot of niggas there. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think a lot of them see that the, like if you white and you growing up in a primarily black neighborhood, I think it's hard for you to ignore the fact that the city doesn't give a fuck about this place because of your neighbors, not because of you. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you know. You like they don't treat this neighborhood well because of the black and brown people who live here. You know what I'm saying? Like they're period. And granted, they do it in impoverished white communities as well. I'm not saying it like it's completely reliant on race, but niggas know. Niggas know. But my my whole point was just think about it if you. If you've been lucky enough to have a little bit of social mobility and maybe you grew up in the hood and now you don't, think about the difference between how they do did things in the neighborhood you grew up in versus how they do them now. Yo, it ain't no trash on the streets in my neighborhood. It ain't no trash in the streets on the on the on the main roads around my neighborhood. It's not no if I do see something trash, a dead animal that gets hit on the road or something like that, it's gone in a day, two at the most. They don't leave shit out here just to be fucked up. I see the street sweeper come down the street to my house. I mean, in my neighborhood. And not like in the, the real neighborhood, but in the like the main streets around, we see the street sweeper. My trash get collected twice a week. They come get the recycling on Friday. Bro, when I moved out of Lawton, they was collecting the trash one time a week. And they wouldn't take anything that wasn't in the can. 
Now here they'll take whatever I put out there. I could put a I could put a washer and dryer out there on a regular ass Tuesday. They'll take all that shit away because this area prioritizes keeping the trash off the streets. They don't want it to look dirty here. They don't want it to look like that. So, and I when I say they, I don't mean the residents. Because that shit ain't true. The HOA got to send motherfuckers letters and the city will send you letters because they're not going to let you have this shit be fucked up around here and they hold up their end of the bargain as well. These cities intentionally let these minority communities go without services and have issues that other places wouldn't have because they don't give a fuck. And to have a president that actually makes a task force that's designed to help these neighborhoods with these problems that's a huge thing when you start thinking about the conditions that our children are growing up in, right? There are absolutely things that I would like to see the Biden administration do for black people directly that haven't been done. But when you start talking about having an agency that has the, um, the power or the task to combat issues like this, that, impact our children's ability to even have a foundation from which to grow when you live in a neighborhood that doesn't have clean water that has dirty soil that has trash everywhere that has dead animals fucking on the streets riding like it's disease in those things it's all the lead in your water fucking fucking uh decommissioned homes around you all these different things carry environmental hazards that affect your health things that affect your health affect your ability to be able to take part in the educational system your ability to take part in the educational system is going to ultimately impact your ability to later enter the workforce your ability to enter and succeed in the workforce is going to have everything to do with your earning potential and in a capitalistic society that we live in now with no earning potential where are you so these things matter. It's not a small thing. So, you know, that's all I'm saying. I, it's, a, it's imperative to me that even as a black citizen of this nation, even if you have criticisms of the government around you and you have criticism of the president or any other politician, you need to know the things that they are doing that you do approve of, the things that do positively impact you. And don't let these motherfucking white folks tell you no way otherwise. Don't let them convince you that it don't matter what, oh, Joe Biden and Trump is the same. They all do the same, blah, blah, blah. They not, and they won't be. And if you don't know the key small differences, then you won't know the things that you need to keep fighting for, right? If you don't know that Joe Biden has a special commission on environmental racism, whenever you have your next president, they could just let that program go and you won't even notice because you didn't even realize it was happening for you. So you got to be tapped into this kind of stuff. And, and no, I said your next president, it don't have to be a Republican. All Democrats don't have the same image and the same vision for what should happen in America. So you need to know the programs and the things that you want to continue and how those things came about so that you can keep an eye on them and make sure that you put pressure on people to either bolster those programs, expand those programs, or at minimum, keep them in progress. When I think about that, it makes me think of that earned income uh, tax credit that we was all getting. That child tax credit, I'm sorry. So many people talk about the stimulus checks that Trump gave us. And so few of those people realize how much more impactful 
that child tax credit that Biden gave us was. If you got to think about it, what percentage of people do you think that qualify for a stimulus check have at least one child? A pretty high amount, right? The stimulus check was a pandemic thing. That child tax credit, that was going to be forever. You was going to get that, I think it was 300 a month for a, for a child over the age of three or four. I can't remember what it was. And like 350 a month for any kids under that. I think it was like up to four kids. If you had, and, and I know some of y'all are going to be like, oh, uh, if I don't got kids, so it don't affect me. Y'all are those trash people who are like, I don't have student loans. I don't want student loans forgiven. That's that's the weakest mentality a person can have to you. It doesn't directly help me, so I don't support it at all. You a weenie to me. Just going to be real. But, um, damn, I smooth lost my whole train of thought. Mm, loans. Oh, yeah, the child uh, the child tax credit. Yeah, but some of those people was getting a stimulus check worth of checks every month for a year. That shit, like, improved child poverty by, like, 40% or some wild metric or something like that. And I did not hear people talking about that when it left. I didn't hear people really recognizing that that was one of the things that fell short because we don't have enough Democrats in Congress and in Senate. Your president was always trying to give that to you. So that's one of those instances where I just bring those things up because when we don't get things that we want, a lot of times we take a step back and then we lose power instead of saying, we almost got this. We need to push a little bit harder so that we can get those numbers right, so that we can get these things back, so that we can get these kind of programs that better impact society back and please do not ever in your life forget this whether or not you get it the less poor people around you the better you don't want motherfuckers around you hungry that's the motherfucker you know a nigga who gonna put a gun in your motherfucking chest and tell you to run them pockets a hungry nigga you know who gonna be in here trying to break in your house and steal your shit a hungry nigga so, you know, before you start saying you don't uh, uh, you don't advocate for something because you wouldn't get none, start thinking about how that shit would have impact you. Because a lot of times, sometimes I think people be missing out on that. Um, all right. Last story for everything is racist. Um, y'all, this is... I'm reading this one because this is the second story that's come out of somebody shooting somebody black through a closed door in the last month, maybe two at the most. And that to me is indicative of a culture that is beginning to not only have a lower standard of value for a black life, but they have a lower expectation of how uh, black lives will be uh how how like justice will be carried out for black lives to do shit like that that's the type of shit that a motherfucker does because they think ain't shit gonna happen and yeah i just yeah i can't even um you know what i'm actually gonna uh i'm gonna play this one i'm not gonna read it Ugh. 
pretty sure I can find this one. Let's see if they're going to make us listen to an ad. Probably. But we ain't going to. We're going to mute that shit. That's what I promise you. Loading, loading. Am I loading ads? Y'all ain't have 8,000 fucking ads on this thing trying to get it. Y'all know I ain't about to cut none of this out, so we just gonna wait together, I guess. We Hell, we might. I might just... Uh... Hold on. I'm gonna try one more thing. My internet acting real trash right now. I still got Xfinity internet. For those of you who listen to the podcast, y'all know I got big beef with Xfinity. Uh, because they was fucking me up before and they still fucking me up. Uh, um, of course, it took four days to fucking arrest her. That is crazy. Uh, all right, we'll play this one. I got it on me. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Nigga, get it together. Yes, today. 58-year-old Susan Lorenz is charged with manslaughter in the death of her neighbor, mother of four, A.J. Owens. The local Florida sheriff posted this video announcing the arrest. The justice we have all been seeking has been served. Four children will never see their mother again. I spoke to the slain woman's grieving mother, Pamela Dias, today. What do you think about the manslaughter charge? Do you think it should be upgraded? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy that there was an arrest, but I'm, I'm a little disappointed and the charges. We're learning more about the long-running feud between the two neighbors, including claims that Owens was caught opening the neighbor's mailbox and walking with her dog on the neighbor's property. Cops say the fatal encounter between the two feuding neighbors came when Lorenz threw a roller skate at Owens's children. Cops say she also swung an umbrella at them. The mom went to confront the neighbor. That's when the suspect allegedly fired a single shot through the front door, killing the 35-year-old mom. Lorenz's arrest follows demands for action from the Owens family and their lawyer, Benjamin Crum. Did the news of the arrest come as a surprise? Only that it took four days is what came as a surprise. We knew that there was probable cause there. Lorenz, an insurance agent, is claiming that Owens has attacked her in the past and that her actions were justified under Florida's Stand Your Ground law. The sheriff says that's not so. This situation is a prime example of when it was not justified. It was simply a killing. I want justice for my daughter. Her dying cannot be in vain. I'm gonna be 100% honest with y'all. I'm trying to figure out in what world are you trying to explain to me that this was not a stand your ground thing. It was a killing, but it's fucking manslaughter. Y'all that's murder. She murdered that woman in front of her motherfucking kids. And you talking about manslaughter? 
and it took you four days to arrest her because she shot through a closed fucking door because that's the thing y'all keep moving these laws and tailoring these laws to these people with these motherfucking guns to act reckless with them instead of holding them to a higher standard to be more responsible with the motherfuckers to a point to where they think anything they do with a nigga on the other end of that motherfucking gun is legal that's the fucking problem for you to be inside your house with a door closed somebody knock on your door and instead of just i don't know not answering the motherfucker you shoot her and kill her in front of her fucking kids because her dog shits in your grass because that's what it sounds like. It sounds like some, she be walking her dog around the neighborhood and that white lady don't fucking like her because she didn't pick up some shit one day or something like that. Or her kids be in her grass or something like that. And she want to come out and fuck with her because even doing some shit like throwing escape, like I want her charged for all of it. I want her charged for throwing the skate at my kids. I know you like, she murdered a lady. Well, no, charge that bitch for all of it. Nigga, that's assault on a motherfucking minor. Why would you throw a skate at my child? And then when I come to confront you about it, you kill me? And you thought you was going to get off on that. And that's why when I say that Fox News is dangerous, that One American News is dangerous, that these Republican candidates who be spewing this fuck shit are dangerous, this is what I'm talking about. There's no world where this woman should be dead. There's no word where she should be dead. Even if that white lady had felt threatened for whatever reason, she could have called the fucking police. You sit in your house with a gun, nigga, just sit there and wait. If she come in the door, she would have kicked down your door trying to get you and you shot her, then it'd be one thing, but you gonna shoot her through a closed fucking door because the idea of an angry black person is that scary to you? It's because they believe that blackness is inherently a threat in a way that should be interpreted that way by law because from what they've seen fuck it is most of the time they've been doing all this time they've been having all these instances where they get to support the police when the police basically do the same thing that this lady just did so they think that it's cool when the police shot brianna taylor through a closed door it was fine so why should she think it's different right fuck that shit bro it's a whole system that makes this shit happen. It's not one thing. It's not an isolated incident. It's none of that shit, bro. It is a whole fucking system that is absolutely designed to play out exactly how we watch it play out. And that shit is overwhelmingly frustrating. Anyway, man, we got a new sig. We got a new signal. A uh, new signal. New segment. Um. You know, I feel like we have these segments all the fucking time. Or not these segments, but uh, I have stories that would fall under this segment all the time. And uh, I didn't have a real segment for it. I didn't have anything to call it. So I channeled my, my inner ratchet nigga and I thought back to one of my favorite shows. And I feel like we could just call this segment Lettuce, Gay, Bacon, and Tomatoes. <laughs> LGBTQ news from FT, FTS podcast, man. You know, this lettuce, gay, bacon, and tomatoes. First story <laughs> Tyler James Williams reluctantly addresses his sexuality. I know y'all are thinking, who is Tyler James Williams? That's everybody hates Chris. Uh, I know that he's been in 
a million things since everybody hates Chris, but that's definitely one of them roles that you definitely cast as that motherfucker forever, bro. Like, this motherfucker could be Barack Obama, and he could be playing Barack Obama in the Barack Obama biopic, and we'll be like, damn, everybody hates Chris as president? Anyway, Abbott Elementary star Tyler James Williams has some thoughts about the speculation surrounding his sexuality. A 30-year-old actor posted a note over the weekend on some stories on the stories portion of his Instagram account. Usually I wouldn't address stuff like this, but I feel like uh I feel like it as a conversation is bigger than me. I'm not gay, but I think the culture of trying to find some kind of hidden trait or behavior that uh that a closed person let slip is very dangerous, he wrote. Overanalyzing someone's behavior in an attempt to catch them directly con- uh, con- uh goddamn directly can uh why am i on my floyd mayweather today over analyze over analyzing someone's behavior in an attempt to catch them directly contributes to the anxiety a lot of queer and queer questioning people feel when they fear living their truth it makes the most pedestrian of conversations and interactions and spaces feel less safe for our gay brothers and sisters and those who may be questioning uh I've been very clear about the intentionality I try to put into using my platform to push back against those archetypes every chance that I get. Being straight doesn't look one way, being gay doesn't look another way. And what may seem like harmless fun and conversation may actually be sending a dangerous message to those struggling with real issues. I refuse to inadvertently contribute to that message. Yo. I had to read that because I thought that was really some of the dopest response I've ever heard from any kind of rumors or anything like that for my man to come out and be like, yo, I'm not gay. But just to be clear, the fact that y'all think everything is gay, that's harmful to people who you probably say you care about. And you, you know, for real, that's one thing that I had to really learn myself, which is I'm not not saying certain things to not offend a hypothetical hypersensitive world around me i'm not saying certain things anymore i don't do certain things anymore or act a certain way anymore because i don't want anyone who i know and love to feel uncomfortable around me or to feel like i'm judging their truth in some kind of way because that's not who i am as a person so the reason why i don't say no homo no more isn't because I'm scared the woke mob is going to come get me or some shit like that. It's because I would hate for my little brother to be gay or some shit like that. And then I'm constantly no homo and everything like being gay is the worst thing that somebody could be. And now he's got this insecurity about himself that he doesn't need to grow up with. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really just about giving a fuck about the people around you in a real way. And I mean, the people around you, like not strangers, whatever, you think isn't around you you think that there's no gay people around you think there's no trans people around you think there's no black people around you think there's no whatever's around there is you just probably don't know you just probably not paying attention you know what i'm saying and at the end of the day do you want to be the type of person who makes people feel safe and comfortable around you or do you want to be the type of person who's more concerned about your ability to say some shit you think is funny. You know what I'm saying? That's that's really all that is. And 
more specifically what he's talking about pointing out characteristics in people who say they're not gay and trying to use that as reason to say that they are that's crazy bro um now granted we've all seen you know uh a woman who dressed kind of masculine and maybe assumed like you know i thought she was gay you know what I'm saying? Or with men, you know, you, you might know a man who's got kind of like a like a more effeminate voice and you assume he's gay. But to me, that, you know, that can be problematic in its own way, but that's not really what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when that man with that effeminate voice tells you he's not gay, you making it your, your motherfucking mission to tell everybody else and to prove to him and to be like, well, I think he is gay. You hear the way he talk, da, 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 da. You know, that's, that's the fuck shit I'm talking about. Um, apparently this is like his level of uh, being informed on this topic is because both of his younger brothers are gay. And uh, his brother actually came out and uh, said something too. And listen, listen to this uh, Tyler, this article, and tell me it's not confusing. Tyler James Williams' brother says the way his and his brother's coming out. Sorry, Tyler, Tyler, y'all, it's such a confusing headline. Tyler James Williams' brother says the way he handled his and his brother's coming out should be studied. So what he's saying is the way Tyler... James Williams handled the coming out of both of his younger brothers should be studied. I feel like that title was kind of murky on purpose. So niggas are clicking thinking that this was Tyler James Williams coming out. But anyway, his younger brothers applauding the work he did after that, uh, after the Abbott elementary stars, two brothers came out. Tyrell Jackson Williams responded to his older brother's post speaking out against speculate, speculating against a person's sexuality saying, in a Twitter thread that he loves seeing people realize the caliber of person his older brother is. The way he handled my and our younger brothers coming out should be studied. He completely deconstructed his views on masculinity and made sure to build spaces for us to be comfortable and seen until we were ready to tell our friends and family. Tyler James Williams read We Real Cool and The Will to Change by Bell Hooks before recommending and discussing them with his brothers, Tyrell said. We all rebuilt our definition of manhood together, brick by brick. And it was not easy work, but we weren't doing it alone. Uh, that is gender affirming care. Someone allowing you the space to not only express, but discover yourself. Tyrell Jackson Williams, uh, this is the brother, uh, added, one of the many joys of queerness that isn't talked about nearly enough is the act of complete reconstruction of one's ego. What you are is not what you've been condition conditioned to believe. He said, my brother embodied how you be a fucking ally. So I want to give I want to give Ty his flowers this Pride Month, he said, a true representation of healthy masculinity and an effective allyship. Give all give him all of the awards forever. <laughs> Tyrell's tweets came after Tyler shared. Yeah, we already read that. Um that's and that's really what I was talking about. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like that self-work, and like that to me is what. I would like to see all of us strive to, to be for the people around us, you know, a safe landing space for them to be themselves. Um, and a lot of times that does take, you know, he pointed out directly, it may take down breaking down some uh, 
stereotypes, some biases, some misconceptions, some prejudice that you've already built over your life, it's going to take actually confronting those things directly and finding a more whole and uh, uplifting way to express that. Because I don't feel like, I, I don't ever want it to come off like, I'm about, oh, well, you know, we should, I'm not, I'm not trying to like emasculate, you know what I'm saying? The men across the nation or anything like that. Really what I'm saying is part of being a man isn't being mean. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not a part of masculinity. Being so crass and being so callous that you don't care what people think about you or think around you or how do people around you feel or anything like that. That's not masculine. That's not a quality of masculinity. There's nothing about that that is indicative of how big your fucking dick is. It just makes you so. So for us to allow that to persist is detrimental to young men growing up underneath us. It makes them shit members of society. It makes them shit romantic partners. It's going to make them shit fathers, shit sons. So as they said, deconstructing what masculinity really is and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a high caliber individual. Hell, fuck it. Let's use their words against them. What it means to be a high value man, right? Is not tied to how much money you have and how poorly you treat people and how much you don't love these hoes and all this goofy shit and how not gay you are. That don't have shit to do with being a man. And raising your boys like that is fucking your kids up. So stop it. Anyway. Next story. Texas Republicans want to reclaim the rainbow from the LGBTQ community. June is Pride Month, so you'll be seeing rainbow flags everywhere from reimagined company logos to Pride-themed collections at local retailers. And it looks like Texas Republicans want to get in on the action to mark the start of June the Republican Party of Texas has vowed to take back the rainbow. For 45 years, the rainbow flag has been the most recognized international symbol for LGBTQ pride since it first debuted at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade celebration on 1978. Uh, but Republicans want to change that. On Thursday, uh, the official Texas GOP Twitter account uh, <laughs> encouraged uh, followers to pursue t uh, to purchase t-shirts emblazoned with the words reclaim the rainbow a reference to genesis 19 13 through 15 and the symbol of the republican party in honor of pride month the bible passage reference on shirts reads i have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will begin or and it will be the sign the covenant between oh my goodness gracious i have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be the sign the the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in that clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Initially selling for $30, the search are now apparently on sale for $23 for a limited time. You goddamn right they had to motherfucking lower the price on them shirts. Ain't no Republicans about to buy no motherfucking rainbow shirt. And again, why is this y'all's idea of legislation? Why is the Texas Republican Party more concerned with what you think about a rainbow than they are about, I don't know, anything that has to do with legislation. Bro, do your fucking job. That's my 
biggest issue with the Republicans right now, bro. Y'all are so deep in shit that don't got shit to do with government. Y'all don't even want to do government anymore. Motherfuckers is so concerned with how to keep drag shows out, out of churches and weird shit that the government don't really got nothing to do with that these motherfuckers ain't worried about. I don't know. Expanding Medicaid to all the motherfucking people who need health insurance in their state. Huh? You think you could maybe do that? You think maybe you could figure out what the fuck you got going on with your educational system? You think maybe you could get this infrastructure shit taken care of? You think you could do any of the things that the government is actually supposed to do instead of worrying about whether or not these gay folks got rainbows on or not? What are we talking about? What are we even doing? What the fuck are we even doing? And why? what are we doing pretending like we're e whatever, whatever, dude. I don't even, there's more to this article. I literally don't even want to read it anymore because it's just dumb. When left with nothing else, this party has completely resulted to, we are going to feed into your fears, your prejudice, your hate, your insecurities. Those are the things that we're going to play on. Those are the things that we're going to try and get you guys on board with because we don't have shit to offer you. The Republican Party ain't offered a platform that was going to make Americans' lives better since I can remember. All they do is try and make rules for how to stop other people from living their lives and then claim that they're not for big government, but they're like, but the government should be able to decide what you read? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. It's time to reclaim the rainbow. The rainbow is of God's promise. Blah, blah, blah. Get the fuck, bro. <laughs> uh, another restaurant's in trouble, y'all. Cracker, Bar Cracker Barrel faces boycott calls for celebrating pride. <laughs> Restaurant chain Cracker Barrel is being targeted by conservative activists on social media with some vowing to boycott the company in response to a post in support of Pride Month and the firm's LGBTQ alliance. Um, one right-wing activist with over 500,000 Twitter followers urged Americans to do their part and skip dining at the Cracker Barrel in response. Conservative campaigners have targeted a number of companies with boycotts over the past few months in response to their LGBTQ plus related issues. A boycott against Bud Light was launched in April. Target is also being hit. And now Cracker Barrel has had to publish, uh, now Cracker Barrel. On June 8th, Cracker Barrel published a post celebrating Pride Month on its official Facebook page, accompanied by a photo which included the back of a chair painted in rainbow colors. The Southern Style Eatery wrote, we are celebrated. We are excited to celebrate Pride Month with our employees and guests. Everyone is always welcome at our table. Happy Pride. Uh, the post attracted a lot, a lot of attention with 17,000 shares, 24,000 comments from other social media users. The screenshot was shared on Twitter by Lauren Chen, who describes herself as a contributor for the conservative youth group Turning Point USA. In a message to her 508,000 followers, she wrote, thankfully, this makes it even easier than ever to skip this mid-restaurant whenever someone recommends it. Everyone else should do their part, too, and skip dining at the Cracker Barrel, too. In response to another Twitter user said, absolutely disgusting. We love this place, but our principles are much more important. We will never eat there again until they publicly disavow. Yeah. First and foremost, 
it's hilarious to me to find that white people always thought the same thing about Cracker Barrel that black people did. Because, you know, black people been been making our little jokes about how Cracker Barrel races, whether we eat there or not. Niggas is like, yeah, Cracker Barrel races. You walk in there, it feels real slavey in a Cracker Barrel. Feels like a real old timey store, old timey like we supposed to be to help, not the patrons. Cracker Barrel as a black person feel like when you walk in the front door, like you should be like, oh, my bad. And you should like leave and then walk around and go in the back door. That's how I feel when you come in a Cracker Barrel. And I know you may be asking yourself, why the fuck are you going into this uh, Southern Civil War era antique shop disguised as an eatery? Well, I'll tell you, because the chicken fried steak is fucking bussing. That's why. If you ain't never had no motherfucking chicken fried steak from Cracker Barrel, you sleep. First of all, let me tell you something else about Cracker Barrel. Three sides with your entree. Yeah, rest of these restaurants talking about one side, maybe two sides. Uh-uh. Cracker Barrel, three sides. Also, breakfast all day. You want some pancakes? Nigga, get pancakes. You feel what I'm saying? They serve you biscuits and cornbread with your meal. Get some biscuits, put a little jelly on that bitch. Bruh. And Cracker Barrel cheap as fuck. That chicken fried steak I'm talking about, I think that bitch like $12. It's like $12, $13 for a chicken fried steak with three sides, biscuits, and cornbread, bro. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'll take a little racism for a, for a, a ticket like that. You know what I'm saying? For a few Confederate flags hanging up in the gift shop. It is what it is, baby. Just go on and give me a little extra jelly for that biscuit. You feel what I'm saying? so uh for this motherfucker talking about this mid restaurant blah 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 take your ass somewhere else then mo chicken fried steak on me anyway they doing the same shit man this is basically the same thing that i had to say about the chick-fil-a thing it's just a different issue conservatives boycotting a restaurant because they won't discriminate against more people and that's wild that is I just it's something I just can't even really wrap my mind around in so many ways. Like, why can't y'all just let people be? Anyway, uh, we gotta get we gotta get some money in. We got we need to pause for a commercial break real quick. All right, we have returned. Now, uh, this new segment, yeah, y'all know I told you new segments, bro. I got a shitload of new segments, bro. They all got names. The names ain't gonna change. Type shit. Doing Godzilla big things around here. Uh, this segment is called "Cause Drake Cares." Um, sometimes I find stories that they don't necessarily fit in anything in particular, but because of one reason or another, I give a fuck, and because. I give a fuck. You got to give a fuck because you listening. Well, I guess you could just stop listening. You don't have to give a fuck. Please give a fuck. Anyway, following a three-year-long battle in Washington, D.C. I'm Oh, sorry. I got to read y'all the headline. So dank is illegal. Literally. Man barred from smoking medical weed after neighbor sues. Following a three-year-long legal battle, a Washington, D.C. judge banned a man from smoking medical marijuana in his home after his neighbor filed a lawsuit claiming the smell drifted into her home and made her sick. Judge Ebony Scott ruled this week that although Thomas Cackett has a license to purchase medical marijuana, he does not possess a license to disrupt the full use and enjoyment of one's land, nor does his license unsurp this long-established right. 
according to court documents, Josefa Ipolito Shepard, dang, that's a name, Sue's Khaki, who lives in the ground level apartment in an adjacent duplex, and her neighbor Angela Faristo. This is in the this is a diverse neighborhood who owns the duplex. Sorry, so she's uh, she's suing her neighbor and the owner. Shepard uh, alleges in her complaint that Cackett smokes marijuana 24-7 and that the foul and pungent odor enters and permeates her home, making her violently sick. The case was dismissed in 2021 when a judge found Shepard failed to state a claim on the sole ground that smoking marijuana in one's home is legal in the District of Columbia and therefore cannot constitute an actionable nuisance. Hold on. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, the judge failed to I, I I don't know if y'all understood it right because of kind of the cadence I read it um, they failed to rule in her favor um, because smoking marijuana in someone's home is legal in D.C. Um, and they were saying that as a result it can't constitute a nuisance but a court of appeals reversed that dismissal and the case was reopened last year Shepard, a public health scientist, then testified in D.C. Superior Court that she experienced health issues, including severe headaches, nausea, vomiting, and respiratory issues within minutes each time Cackett smoked. Shepard told USA Today she complained about the smell in 2018 and 19 to Cackett and the landlord who acknowledged her tenant had been smoking marijuana. So the battle began. Uh, Shepard sent more than 200 emails to the defendants urging Cackett to stop smoking marijuana on the property. Cackett, a restaurant manager, testified that he smokes medical marijuana two to three minutes per day to help him sleep and alleviate pain caused by various health problems. He told the court that he smokes outside on the patio to abide by the no smoking clause in his lease, but that the landlord allowed him to smoke inside when the weather is bad. Cackett did not immediately respond to the request for comment from USA Today. Scott ruled that Cackett had created a nuisance, but stopped short of awarding damages to Shepard because she failed to provide evidence uh, medical evidence proving the medical marijuana smoke made her sick. Scott Barkacki and anyone who visits him from smoking or burning marijuana in any way that emits an odor from his home within 25 feet of Shepard's home. Shepard said that while the odor is horrible, her primary concern is the toxins in the smoke. Secondhand marijuana smoke has the same toxic and cancer-causing chemicals as tobacco smoke, some of which are found in higher amounts. But research about the effects needs to be done, according to the CDC. Um... Because I'm a public health person, I know the dangers for me, my lungs, my family, especially my children and elderly. There are two groups most vulnerable, so I'm very concerned. Since filing her lawsuit, she says she's gotten messages from many other people in similar situations. Shepard stressed that she supports the, the, the decriminalization of marijuana, but hopes to advocate for legislative changes that would allow others to resolve similar situations without having to go through the court system. Yo. First off, the amount that you can smell smoke varies so drastically from smokers to non-smokers. I'm not even going to sit up here and act like there's no credence to this lady's claims that the smell is just so bad to her, whatever, whatever, whatever. But also, man, fuck that. That man in his own motherfucking house, he got to pay rent to live there every month and weed is legal there, bro. Never in your life have you heard of somebody coming up with a case like this behind cigarettes. Like this same thing don't happen with cigarettes, but people got this weird fucking vendetta against weed and weed smokers where they find it their personal mission to go out and end all weed related activities for some motherfucking reason. I would just never understand it. 
I would never understand it. I think this shit is so fucking weird. Like, just, uh, it's just, just being dramatic. Like, you live next door, bro. Close the window. I'm about, it just gets in my house and it permeates so bad. And, da, 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 and he smokes 24 7. And one of them lying. Because he said he smoked for two to three minutes a day. And she said he don't ever stop smoking. Somebody lying for sure. But leave that nigga alone, bro. Like, and it's crazy because the reason why this story even mattered to me is because court cases, uh, the way the court system works, if you haven't really paid attention to it, is that, um, court systems court cases are like uh like the verdicts are usually based on precedent so usually the ruling another case has had will be reason a judge will rule one way so now it's just like so now anybody who got a neighbor who smoked weed gonna be able to go to court and be like oh the smoke makes me sick i wanted them to stop like that's annoying as fuck bro that's gonna make me be like these weird ass off the grid super fucking doomsday preppers and go live out in the woods somewhere where won't nobody bother me. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> ATF releases a report until recreational cannabis is federally legalized, pot users cannot own, gun own guns. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives on Tuesday released a clarification for gun owners and potential gun owners with Minnesota's recreational cannabis bill. According to the ATF, the Federal Gun Control Act of 1968 prohibits anyone who is the unlawful user of any controlled substance from shipping, transporting, receiving, or possessing firearms or ammunition. Despite the recreational cannabis bill being signed into law in Minnesota, a current user of cannabis is still under federal law defined as an unlawful user of a controlled substance. Until federal, until marijuana is legalized federally, firearms owners and possessors should be mindful that it remains federally illegal to mix marijuana with firearms and ammunition. As regulators of firearms industry and enforcers of firearms laws, we felt it was important to remind Minnesotans of this distinction as marijuana laws adjust here in the state of Minnesota. Anyone looking to purchase firearms must confirm that they are an if they are an unlawful user of cannabis on the ATF Form 4473 during the firearm transaction. But I wonder, I wonder if you say you are, if they won't give you the gun. In 2011, ATF issued an open letter to federal firearms licensees to provide guidance as states began easing restrictions on candidates. The 2011 guidance reminds federal firearms licensees that it is unlawful to transfer a firearm to a person knowing or having reasonable cause to believe that the person is an unlawful user of a controlled substance. That's that bullshit. And this is, for me, one of my things that I need to see the Democrats do. Decriminalization or descheduling marijuana is, is one thing. Uh, as long as it is considered a controlled substance, now you're in a position where being a marijuana user, a legal marijuana user can bar you from a constitutional right in America, right? That's what guns are here. Everybody's supposed to be able to have one. If you're not, you not a fuck up or you're not doing nothing crazy, you should be able to own a gun. So 
in a world where there's no amount of alcohol that you can drink that bars you from having a firearm. If you've got a DUI and it's not a felony DUI, you can have a firearm. You can be proven to be an irresponsible alcohol user and you can still have a gun. But if you smoke weed, you can't have a gun. That's like America's position on marijuana is so antiquated. It doesn't make any sense. And when you find out that it's basically based in somebody's inability to capitalize financially off of marijuana versus another substance so they made it illegal mixed with a desire to criminalize and find a way to subjugate the black community to basically terrorism brought on by the police force you know that's why weed's illegal so maybe joe biden and the democrats could get on that that's to me that's a huge fucking thing. And that's something that you're going to find support from on both sides of the aisle because a lot of these motherfucking gun enthusiasts are weed smokers. And if you're a gun enthusiast and a weed smoker, you know that you're technically not allowed to have that gun federally. Now, is it going to change whether or not you have it? No, because most people, most people follow laws based on whether or not they feel like they are just or they apply to them. And a law like that, they're like, ain't nobody going to catch me and it's bullshit. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, no, I don't smoke weed. You don't lie about smoking weed to them like you'll lie to your job and keep that shit pushing. Now, one more story for this segment. Because I don't need y'all thinking, you know what I'm saying? I don't need y'all thinking that the only, uh, my bad. I don't need y'all thinking that the only thing I care about is weed. You know what I'm saying? If the because Drake Care segment is only weed stuff, and it's like, goddamn, Cheech. You know what I'm saying? Uh, last story for this one. Ring security cameras gave every employee full access to all customer videos. Bruh. I care because I got a ring video camera. Gave all employees. Yo, this is this is the catch. ADT talking about, oh, we want X amount of dollars a month and a couple hundred dollars installation fee and all this other stuff. And when I moved into this house, I'm doing my research and Ring is like, oh, you could give us $10 a month and you can go buy your own cameras and put them up for about $180 and then you'll be all set. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to do that. I didn't know the reason why y'all was doing that is because I was a part of some goddamn weird voyeur project where y'all watch everybody like I'm on goddamn uh, America's big brother. Out uh, here watching me and the people in my family do. We got cameras in the house, outside the house. Y'all been watching us do it. They've been watching us do it. Ooh, I'm suing. I know, I know, I know it's gonna be a class action uh, thing that pop up on my Facebook talking about. Have you or any of your family members used Ring devices? <laughs> anyway, Ring security cameras, the inexpensive security cameras that people can hook up in their homes or on their doors, were not fully secure for years. The FTC says. The video doorbell company allegedly gave every employee full access to every customer video before 2017 and failed to patch bugs in the system that allowed hackers to access cameras and scare consumers. Not only could every Ring employee and the UK and the Ukraine-based third-party contractor access every customer's videos, but they could also readily download any customer's videos, then view, share, or disclose those videos at will. Gee, it's no way. The dark web is not full of unsolicited fucking adult child pornography, all kinds of shit, bro. There's 
every person who worked for Ring had. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. I'm glad I read the dates because I didn't have my ring cancel for 2017. But if you did, just know whatever y'all was doing on them ring cameras, somebody got that. That is wild. Uh, before t- July t- 2017, Ring did not impose any technical or procedural restrictions on employees' ability to download, save, or transfer customers' videos. The FTC says that the dangerously overbroad access employees received led to at least one employee viewing thousands of video recordings belonging to at least 81 unique female users, including customers and ring employees of the ring stick-up camps. Told you. I fucking told you, bruh. The employee focused his prudent searches on customers with names indicating they're surveyed in... Uh, I'm sorry. The customer focused his prudent searches on cameras with names that indicated they surveilled an intimate space such as master bedroom, master bathroom, or spy cam on hundreds of occasions during this three-month period. The employee pursued female customers and employees' videos often for an hour or more each day. Undetected by Ring, the employee continued spying for months. In August of 2017, a supervisor discovered what the employee was doing only after a supervisor noticed that the male employee was only viewing videos of pretty girls, the complaint alleges. The employee was terminated. Another incident alleges, uh, allegedly occurred in 2018 when a male employee allegedly accessed a fellow female employee's camera and watched her stored video recordings without her permission. The FTC alleges that Ring didn't notify consumers of the broad. No, the fuck they didn't. The, custom, the company also systemically failed to control two types of cyber attacks and failed to patch system vulnerabilities before January 2020 because Ring allegedly did not take appropriate security measures despite knowing about the problems. The attacks continued to succeed through December of 2019 when media reports were published detailing alarming behavior from attackers. During the course of these attacks, approximately 55,000 U.S. consumers suffered serious account compromises for at least 910 U.S. accounts. The bad actor not only accessed the accounts, but took additional invasive access actions, such as accessing store video, accessing a live stream video, or viewing a customer's profile. The bad actors disproportionately targeted indoor cameras. Even though indoor cameras are a relatively small subset of Ring's product offerings, approximately 500 of the 1,250 compromised devices in the U.S., were stick-up cams or indoor cams with both defendant markets, which that which both of which the defendant markets for indoor use. In at least 20 instances, bad actors access ring accounts device for more than a month. And in many act instances, the bad actors were not just passively viewing customer sensitive video data. Rather, the bad actors took advantage of the camera's two-way communication functionality to harass, threaten, and insult individuals, including elderly individuals and children whose rooms were monitored by ring cameras to set off alarms and to change important device settings. I remember when this was going on. Y'all remember they were publishing these reports. People was accessing them ring cams and hacking into them and talking to people's kids and doing weird, creepy shit. Like, you know, I know that we have these phones on us at all times and you get kind of numb to the idea of your data being private, but motherfuckers literally hacking into your house, that shit is next level. And for a company to just let that shit go down, 
Wait, Amazon rings parent company said the doorbell company promptly addressed the issues at hand. No, the fuck you didn't. And it makes it worse that Amazon runs ring because of how much money Amazon has. That to me is just shit fucking leadership, bro. You got to fix that immediately. That's a right now thing. You have the money, the resources, the staff, the infrastructure, all of that to ensure that all of that shit is locked up. You know how important someone's sensitive information is. And you got a place where motherfuckers can just view. First of all, you know that it was commonplace in the office because the dude is like, well, we all be looking at people's shit, even though we're not really supposed to. But then I noticed that he only looks at the women and that's what drew my eye. And the fact that it had to be somebody who didn't also do that creepy shit, bruh. No. You know that the motherfuckers was in there downloading videos, sharing videos with each other, doing crazy shit, bro. Ring promptly addressed the issues at hand on his uh, own years ago, well before the FTC began its inquiry. An Amazon spokesperson told ABC News, our focus has been, has been and remains on delivering products and features our customers love while upholding our commitment to protect their privacy and security. The company says they disagree with the FTC. While we disagree with the FTC's allegations and deny violating the law, this settlement resolves the matter so we can focus on innovating on behalf of our customers. The FTC, under the proposed FTC order, Ring will be prohibited from profiting from unlawfully accessing consumers' videos and directly to pay $5.8 million in consumer refunds. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'll give Amazon. I'll give Amazon a some 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 slack. Ring was founded in 2020 and 2013 by Doorbot, but it was sold to Amazon for a billion dollars in 2018. So when Amazon brought this company that was riddled with security issues, they probably lowballed them on the price because they was like, uh, y'all do know that we're going to have to change all of this and add all of this stuff. We can't give you full price. We're going to have to do a little negotiating. That's what I think went down with that. Um, Y'all, we got one more thing and we're going to get up out of here, man. We got a, a, a common thing. We didn't get one last week, but we got one now. Baby raccoon euthanized after a woman took Critter to a Maine Petco for a nail trim and let strangers kiss it. Maine authorities euthanized a baby raccoon after a woman brought the potentially rabies-infested pet into a Petco for a nail trim and let several strangers try to kiss it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. let several strangers kiss it. This is a whole group of white people doing this. Because I know ain't near Nagra kissing no motherfucking raccoon. I know y'all won't find nary a coon that'll kiss a raccoon. I bet you that. I bet you want no coon on coon kissing today. The Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife said Friday that the animal tested negative for rabies, a process that requires the animal to be put down. Damn, so she got my nigga clipped? Bro. This is just like, bro, he should have known, bro. Coon to coon. Let me tell you, bro, you can't just let your white friends take you somewhere that you know not safe, bro. I know Raccoon Homie was probably telling little Amy, like, yo, I don't think I'm supposed to go on pet stores. She's like, no, you're my pet. You're my baby. You can come in. It's fine. Everyone's going to love you. 
They came in, told on my nigga. The cops pulled up and clipped my nigga. Because that's the way it be, bro. It's just like, you know what I'm saying, that that scene in um, Remember the Titans where they try and take Julius and the other black players into the diner and they like, get your nigga ass out of here. You know what I'm saying? Deep, deep. Bro, she set my nigga up, bro. Free my nigga Rollo. That's the raccoon name. Rollo the raccoon. The agency has been searching for the kid and its owner since Tuesday afternoon after suspecting it was carrying the deadly disease. The woman who I, whose identity was not revealed, so you know she white, bro, <laughs> carried the baby critter into the Auburn store to have his nails trimmed. Bro, because it's not a pet, that motherfucker probably been scratching her ass up trying to go home. <laughs> While waiting, many different people handled the raccoon. Some even kissed it. Once the store manager realized the wild animal was inside the pet retailer, they kicked the woman out and immediately contacted state health and animal authorities. It's illegal to possess wildlife in Maine, and Petco does not trim raccoon nails, the department added. The agency did not say whether the animal had shown any signs of disease characterized by excessive salivation, aggressive behavior, but it worried it was a carrier because of its species. Raccoon along, raccoons, along with skunks, bats, and foxes, are the most common carriers of rabies in Maine. The disease is, the disease is spread through infected animal saliva, worrying authorities that those who kissed the kid who could have been exposed oh my god the raccoon tested negative for rabies so those who came in contact with the rack with the raccoon at petco do not need to seek treatment animals submitted for testing must be euthanized uh according to the testing state guide uh main testing guidelines uh what Health and Environmental Testing Laboratory asked that animals be decapitated by a veteran or trained per personnel. Damn, why they gotta cut his head off? I didn't think this story. I didn't think I was gonna read the story and feel so bad for the raccoon, bro. My nigga was living his life till some poor white lady gonna come roll up on him and decide that he her business now, taking him to places he ain't got no business, trying to get his nails trimmed at a pet store like only a white lady would. What? What got motherfuckers kissing them all in the mouth like only other white folks would? There's no niggas involved in this story, bro. And then somebody made a rule where you gotta cut this nigga head over. You know it was a white man who said if you catch a coon and you bring him in here, you cut his fucking head off. And they like, sir, um, is that necessary? He especially if they test negative for rabies. I said if you catch a coon, you kill it. But <laughs> Anyway, y'all, man, that's all I got this week, man, or this this episode. Y'all got two this week, man. I'm feeling good about myself. I know y'all going to feel good about getting this shit. Y'all going to be like, oh, shit, man, now we got to catch up. You know, y'all going to be complaining like, oh, you released them too fast. Slow down. No, catch up. Tell your friends to catch up, too. Y'all, I love y'all like always. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you listening. I've been super hyped this episode, as you can tell, because I took me a great nap. I'm about to go eat. Cause I'm starving and then I'm about to go work for the white man because <laughs> oh man I'm out y'all love y'all as always see y'all next episode peace yeah double up the respect came through the wire fresh out the fire my mic check leaning and rocking feel it yourself it's high tech moving pieces all on the board my nigga trying to see Digging. My gift to God, honest. 
Escape trials and tribulations, fighting your honor. Shark in the water, grabbing for paper like I'm Nirvana. Code of honor that I follow, my nigga, is worth digging. Huh. Homie, fuck your greasy granny them. He been slapping shit so long, they gotta come and Grammy him. He so fly, he walk on stars, solar systems carry him. Bank account status when they marry him. Digging. Uh, make sure you say it two times. Dre, Dre, nigga. Make sure you say it two times. <laughs> Trying to see the salad with the croutons. Laying the foes down like futons for the... Digging. Yeah, man, you're not tuning in. Fuck this shit podcast. And billions 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 and bill